Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Today, I want to speak to the biblical practice of confession, which I have found to be incredibly beneficial when I lean into it. Uh, maybe not entirely enjoyable, but always fruitful. Next week, we're beginning a new series, Reset, a divine approach to our earthy affairs, but I'm not quite ready to go there yet. And furthermore, I think we would all benefit from an honest return to hear, speaking of confession. Uh, confession has long since been attached to the activity and character of following Christ, a critical component for becoming who God has intended us to be. As a reminder, Jesus acts and speaks from the rabbinical tradition, where invitation to follow was not at all based in knowledge and knowing separate from experiencing. This is why his first followers, this is why Jesus' first followers left their nets immediately, why they walked out of their jobs, left tax booths, did any number of ridiculous things seemingly without recourse because they weren't just responding to words of an invitation, but to the fact that Jesus was deeply valuing who they were. And they were stepping out of what they thought, what others said, and into what Jesus was declaring. Personal transformation does not come by simply knowing something different, but by stepping into someone else that God declares you are. We see this throughout the scriptures, but perhaps nowhere better than the person of Peter. Peter, who makes mistake after mistake, and he has sideways experiences, and yet Jesus continues to correct. Jesus continues to adjust. Jesus continues to speak to who he is and call him out of where he is into what God has for him. And so confession today, some would call it a liturgy, others a practice. Call it whatever you want, but know that confession firmly finds its roots in Jesus' invitation to follow me. Now, when I say confession, I mean the act of truth-telling about oneself for the purpose of letting go and choosing better. Uh, walking out on oneself, your, your habits, your actions, your shame, your disappointment in yourself, your, your long-held opinions that all of a sudden you're coming to the realization you no longer want to hold on to. And choosing to walk into what God has, embracing health, freedom, and new. This could be a thought pattern confessing a sin habit, confessing that you are part of an environment that you were or perhaps are a part of, but that you are now all of a sudden becoming aware of and you're absolutely horrified by it. Confession isn't necessarily saying you're bad or wrong. It's not that small. It's not that nuanced. It's getting something out. It's choosing to allow something to move through. We all would agree that from time to time, certain things need to move on. There's a principle called the Dead Sea Principle. Scientifically speaking, the Dead Sea in the Middle East has an inflow but no outflow. And so when more and more water pours into the Dead Sea, the evaporation leaves a higher salt content, hence the name Dead Sea or Salt Sea. Nothing can survive. Full cars can float because the salinity content is so high. It has an inflow, but no outflow. So many of our lives lack fruitfulness, lack of an ability to produce life and bear the fruit that God has intended for us to bear because there's an inflow, but there needs to be that outflow. That's what confession accomplishes. 
even though confession is a revered activity, all humanity would say, yeah, that's a good thing. So few of us routinely engage it. Why is that? If the majority of us all agree that confession is intrinsically healthy and we're pretty sure that God delights in it, then why don't we do it? I think there's something to be said for the fact that we're embarrassed. I mean, show of hands, all of us know a time or space in our lives where we thought we should do something, but we don't because maybe somebody's looking or we're not sure how to go about it. Can I tell you, mercy doesn't care how it gets in the room. Mercy just wants to be with you. The person of Jesus Christ just wants to embrace you and lovingly encourage you. Mercy never cares how it gets in the room. We see in John chapter 8, a woman who's caught in the middle of adultery. Jesus grants her mercy. We see another woman in John chapter 4 who's living the life that God did not intend for her to live, and Jesus interrupts her. Mercy meets her at the well. Zacchaeus climbs a tree. He wants to see Jesus. He wants to get to Jesus. And so whether you find yourself being caught, whether you find yourself looking, or whether you find yourself being interrupted, mercy doesn't care how it gets in your room. There's a familiar passage of Scripture, James chapter 5, where confession is spoken of. Verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. A couple points that I think are important for us to realize that confession is, is connected to this story and this narrative of Elijah. Praying fervently, not once, but numerous times and also connecting it to rain, which takes time, but eventually will always bear fruit. Even in that story in the scriptures, it takes time, but it bore fruit. Confession works the same way. It's not just a one and done, and it doesn't just yield fruit in an instant. It takes time, and it takes the practice of it over and over again to continually allow things to move on from our soul structure. I don't think we confess because we don't know how to confess. We don't really know when to confess. This is about that. So what we're going to do today is work through some prayers, three prayers in particular. We're going to have a confession prayer where I'm going to simply read a biblically-based prayer that you might find parallels to what you would like to confess, but there are going to be other things that you're going to want to confess and speak to. This is meant to be a template or an opportunity for you to enter into. So we're going to have a prayer of confession, and then we're going to have a prayer of silence. Simply a Holy Spirit lead us, and we're going to take a moment and just allow Holy Spirit to speak to you right where you are. At the conclusion of that, and during that time, I'd add, you might want to journal. Holy Spirit's going to speak some things to you, and you might want to remember that, recall that. There might be conversations that need to be had in the future. But at the conclusion of that time, we're going to have a time of assurance. We're going to pray a prayer together that is not just getting something out, but allowing the grace of God in and accepting who He is and what He's done. So let's work through it together. The confession prayer. Father, I confess I've fallen short, selfishly gone my own way. I have allowed my anger to drive my decisions. 
I have preferred myself over others, over you. I have lusted. I have been careless and hurtful with my words. I have lashed out. I have held back generosity when I could have given more. I have seen and treated myself better than I see and treat others. Holy Spirit, help us and lead us. Now the assurance prayer. Father, thank you for your fresh mercies. Thank you for never leaving me, for never forsaking me. Thank you that your love is steadfast and towards me. Thank you that you remain faithful when I am not faithful to you. I choose to accept your mercy. I embrace your acceptance of my repentance and of me. And I praise you for sufficient grace right here and right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. You know, this practice can be practiced anywhere, anytime. Not only can it be, but it should be. We would all do the better that we desire, and this world would be the better we hope for if confession were more accessible than confrontation, if self-sacrifice were at our disposal more than self-aggrandizement, if we entertained the thought that we could learn something rather than assuming that so many others are wrong. Let me leave you with this benediction. May we confess more. May we hear God's guiding voice and stay malleable, keep adjusting, remembering always that God doesn't bully us, but he invites us. May we receive those invitations to further become our God-intended selves, and may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better. Hey, now you listening to the message today. Maybe you heard something else. Hey, miss you guys. What? Yeah, that was good. Ha <laughs> ha